We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Bruce Pearl. Sean Shire. Sean Miller. I love the Field of 16. I listen to you guys every morning. Are we still live? You can't yeah. on my radar. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, the only way to keep up college basketball is through the Field of 68. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. My name is Rob Doster. I have with us John Fanta, and I have with us for the last time as only a college basketball pundit the one and only terrence oglesby to uh are you going to be leaving the show the people want to know the streets want to know are you done with the field of 68 now that you are officially an nba i guess you're like a sideline reporter what are you what are you a let me be artist? abundantly clear let me be abundantly clear to goes nowhere to stays in the college basketball mm-hmm. mix to just has another gig that he has to show up to 41 times because I'm only doing home games and I'm doing studio and I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a fun thing. I haven't done NBA stuff. Uh, and let's be honest, Rob, uh, John, like I, I don't get these opportunities without you guys and I don't get these opportunities without the field 68. So uh, I'm excited about it. But the good part is, is since I'm not traveling at, with the team, uh, I Which will still- team? The Charlotte Hornets, the fun Charlotte Hornets. Uh, since I'm not traveling with the Charlotte Hornets, I will be able to do a lot of college basketball stuff. So I'm excited on both fronts. I get to be a little busier this year, and I kind of there's there's something to be said for knowing where you're going to be, because <laughs> there were a lot of times last year where I'd get a call on Tuesday and be in Boise on Thursday, and like it was it it wasn't easy on my wife. So at least there's some kind of uh consistency in in this upcoming season so i'm excited uh, i was very appreciative of bally and the charlotte hornets to give me this shot and we're gonna give it a go pre-game and post-game shows with bally Fanta, you know what i'm just picturing in my head right now you know that that uh that meme from the wolf of wall street where leonardo dicaprio is like i'm not fucking leaving i'm not, I'm not fucking leaving. leaving i'm not leaving T.O. goes yeah. nowhere T.O. T.O. is not leaving all right good it's official i'm glad we got that out there listen um, we uh, it's going to be a little bit of a short and sweet podcast today. Uh, Fanda forgot forgot to tell us that he has to leave uh, in the middle of the pod until like we were bantering for about twenty minutes before he's we hit important. Rob, he's <laughs> I, important. He, hey, look, he's a big important. deal. He uh, let's just say he talked with maybe Nebraska's most important resident for uh, for twenty minutes, which is why he was late to show up to the show as it is. 
It's been a rough day here for. Uh, it was not Greg McDermott, <laughs> who I would argue is Nebraska. Um, all right. Well, we got an ACC preview coming up. We're going to dive into that for a little bit. And we're also going to talk about Cooper flag. He visited UConn. Is he going to go to Duke? Is he better than AJ DePonsa? Uh, we all saw him at Peach Jam. So we've been meaning to talk about that for a while. But before we do, I have a list of 10 teams and I'm going to guarantee right here and right now we can make a bet. and We can have a competition. We could do something with this that one of these 10 teams will be the college basketball national champion when it is all said and done at the end of the season. I'm going to give you this list of 10 teams, and I want your reactions as I kind of roll through this list because I do think that uh, there, are, there are some names that aren't there that, that might surprise you guys. Um, so based on the Almanac preseason top 25, I have the top four on my list. That is Duke, number one. That is Kansas, number two. That is Purdue, number three. And that is Michigan State, number four. Do you guys have any qualms with any of those teams? Fanta, you first. No qualms at all. Simply put, no qualms at all. All four of those teams can win it. The people who say Big Ten title drought, Purdue can't win it, they can't win in March. It, 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 I always go to Brad Underwood's words, and he says the key to making an NCAA tournament run is make the NCAA tournament, and then you see where the chips lie. Purdue is not losing. They're not having another first-round exit, and maybe that first-round win that they have come March – gets them settled down and gets them to the level that they're capable of. Kansas and Duke, if you're betting against them, you're just a hater. And Michigan State has virtually everybody back, a top 10 recruiting class, and Tom Izzo. Yeah, no argument with any of those. Guards win, too, and Michigan State has those. I I, I, I love that team this year. It, was, it seemed like we were kind of waiting to see on those guards each of the past two seasons. Now everybody is so gung-ho about Michigan State. I'm a part of that party. I like that team. Uh, Purdue, still unathletic, but I think going through last season's upset, what, what's the last time that happened where an, a one seed lost to a 16 seed? It was Virginia, and they won the national championship. Is that going to happen with Purdue? I don't know, but I do think that there's some obvious – advantages to being that upset and still returning pretty much everybody. Uh, Kansas still has Dewan Harris. I know everybody was expecting me to say somebody else, but they still have Dewan Harris. I love that guy. He's the most underrated playmaker and uh, Duke is Duke. Uh, no rim protection at Duke. That worries me outside of that. They have everything else. So those four teams are certainly in the mix. Yeah. We're going to dive into Duke a lot more later. We have an ACC preview coming up and I'm going to pick your brain on that. T.O. There's two other teams in the ACC. I'm really curious in your opinion on uh, both of them wear a shade of orange. That's a little bit of a uh, tease there. All right. The next three on my list are three Big East teams, Creighton, Marquette, and UConn. Um, we kind of dove into this pretty deeply on last week's podcast. We don't need too much, but is there any reason for you uh, to be concerned about having those three teams, TLS, do you first here? Creighton, Creighton's an interesting one because I'm worried about their lack of depth a little bit. Not so much mm -hmm. that they don't have the guys because I love Ryan Kalkbrenner or Kalkbrenner, excuse me. I think he's one of the best five men in the country. Not he is the best five men in the country. Not named uh, Zach Eady, and I mean that currently. Don uh, Klingon's obviously very, very good, but at the same time, like he he hasn't had that workload yet. So I think Kalkbrenner's the best five men in the country. Would you take him? You Zach take Eady. him over Hunter Dickinson? Close, just because of his defensive presence, and, and yeah. Dickinson doesn't have that. That's why I would. But Dickinson offensively, obviously, you have to go towards him. Uh, but we're talking about Creighton. Trey Alexander is a bucket getter when you need him to be, and Baylor Shireman is kind of that uh, rebound and run type of forward that can initiate their offense. I like what Creighton's added. Stephen Ashworth is kind of a perfect fit for Creighton because he's one of the best shooters in all of college basketball. 
and he doesn't need the ball in his hands. I think there's going to be a lot of movement, and that ball's not going to stick. So Creighton's going to be fun. After those guys, I'm curious to see what works because let's be honest. I know Cogbrenner doesn't get in foul trouble, but I feel like you're bound to get in foul trouble at some point. The depth is a question for me. Or just get tired, man. Like 40 minutes yeah. is a lot of minutes. Yeah. Uh, who else did you pick? You put UConn and Marquette? Yep. Love love Marquette for all the reasons that I've loved Marquette for two years. Oso Iguodaro is a matchup nightmare and Big East player of the year. Tyler Kolick's good. Uh, Cam Jones might average 20 a game. Uh, who's going to be that guy that steps up? I think David Joplin could be. And then UConn, I don't consider them a national championship threat this year because uh, they went from really old, really big, and really deep to really talented and really young. And young is very good to have. It's also tough to corral sometimes. And when you play for a guy like Hurley, who is maniacal in his approach, I think sometimes guys need a year or two to kind of get prepared for something like that. So while I still love UConn to be at the top of the Big East, I don't necessarily feel like they're a national title threat simply because of that youth. Fair enough. Fanta? Well, you're picking 10 teams on this list, not five so or four. So I'm going to agree mm-hmm. with you that these three teams should be on the list of 10. Mm-hmm. And I think there's two quick things that I would bring up. Number one, I love Marquette. I think their team is great. Shaka Smart has made it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament one time in his coaching career. One time. And it was in 2011 when he took VCU to the Final Four. I'm going to go ahead and uh, and, and make a bold prediction here uh, that, that that streak ends this season. <laughs> As if, uh, if Tyler Kolek doesn't hurt his wrist in the NCAA tournament, I, I think we're having a different conversation about that specifically, but that's neither here nor there. And You're it right. should. It, it should end. It's still a legitimate thing. And we all know how hard it is to win in the NCAA tournament and how when you look at a winning coach in the tournament, the sigh of relief they have after a win because you've moved on and it's that last man standing competition. Shaka Smart's a great coach, but we if, if we're judging the best programs on NCAA tournament runs, it's time for Marquette to get to that second weekend. They've got the talent to do it. Guys, I saw a picture of Stevie Mitchell yesterday. I am not sure what he did over the offseason. He already was a hard worker. Guys, you've got to see a photo of him. Holy cow. Has a lot he of that. Yeah, a lot of that. Their offseason program looks like it was a resounding success. That whole roster is bought in. Marquette has the best culture in the country. I'm confident in saying that. They are they have unbelievable culture. Oso Iguodaro is the perfect mobile five. He fits modern-day basketball, and he's just a really great college player. David Joplin is on the field of 68, all in acts, breakout players list for good reason. I turn to Creighton. Creighton was one whistle away, fair whistle, but one whistle away from making the final four. Was it a fair whistle? Was well, I get, I get a lot of hate for this, but I, I thought it, it was a foul, but I hated that the game ended that way, right? And then people are like, well, you should, you know, you shouldn't hate. It was a foul. I didn't like it, but it is what it is. It was it was a foul, but Creighton went three and eight over an eleven game span last year, three and eight, and they still came this close to making the Final Four. They're not going to have a three and eight stretch over an eleven game span this year, and I think that that's that last possession against San Diego State serves as the motivation. 
I think Creighton is the best team in the Big East, and I'll die on that hill. And I think they're going to prove to people that while you have some depth concerns, Terrence, I, I understand your reasoning. I understand everything there. But there have been some great teams that with about six guys get it done. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to be able to get it done because their elite is elite. I love UConn. They they have to be in the mix. So the defending national champions. The thing about Klingon, I know he hasn't taken on that workload yet, but nothing would tell me he's not ready to be an All-American candidate. Yeah. I, I think that they're you don't I think have they're to gonna die. be really good. Yeah, you don't have, you don't to, have die. to die on the hell. We we we, we need you here. We need you on this podcast you. when when T.O. ditches us for the NBA. Um, <laughs> uh, so I go last, nowhere. The, the last three teams on my list are a little bit. Uh, I guess. Hey, it, by it the way, be... the only reason I got this gig is because somebody left you for the NBA. Oh, what was it OJ and it what was it uh, Fanta and a splash of Fanta or who was it? Oh God! Oh, yeah. Um, well, first off, I've never worked with OJ Simpson. Yeah, but... <laughs> I was going to say it wasn't OJ. It definitely <laughs> was OJ. Who was it? Make that yeah. clear right now. It definitely was not OJ. No. Uh, he's he's a coach. He's a coach. The wool. I, I don't want to call him out. <laughs> well, he left you. Um, Who are the last three teams? Oh. Oh no! You you know what it was? It was Deshaun Butler. That's what it was. We were supposed to. This pod was supposed to be with Deshaun Butler, and the Deshaun Butler went to the G League, and now he's an assistant at what uh, was the name? In West Virginia. Deshaun Butler. Nichols. We wish him the best of luck in his next endeavor. Demetrius, Demetrius and a splash of Fanta. Yeah. It was a Field of 68 original, original. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gee. Isn't he, isn't he at Wake Forest now? He's somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He took a job. Yeah. He said ACC he's, pod. ACC yeah. pod. There you go. Um, all right. The last three teams on my list are a little bit outside the box. Uh, and I'm very curious to see what your reaction is going to be to these. Number one, Miami. I'm always in on Miami. I'm always in on a team that has good guards, and I'm always in on a team that is coached by Jim Laranega. He just figures out how to do it in March because he gets guards that can go and make plays. Number two, Arizona. Same kind of a thing. I understand the hesitation with Caleb Love. I understand the hesitation with Jaden Bradley. I understand the hesitation with the um, – oh, I'm blanking on the other sophomore's name. Help me out. Um well, you got Ky- Kylan, Kylan Boswell. Boswell. Kylan Boswell. Boswell. Yeah. yeah, but that's as talented of a backcourt as you're going to find anywhere in the country. They're going to be up and down, but the talent is there. Uh, and the reviews that I've heard coming out of some of the early workouts this summer have been very, very high. They're going to be more athletic than they were last year. I don't think you're going to have the same kind of matchup problems against smaller teams with the San Diego State kid, Kashad Johnson, uh, at the four. Very high on them. Your boy, Pella Larson, T.O., very high on him. Indeed. And the last one, this might surprise some people. The last one that I have on this list is the Kentucky Wildcats. Oh, I, think, I, hey, think, I was going to put North Carolina. You throw them in there. No, I got, I, I put, I, I don't, I don't hate the North Carolina call. And we'll talk about them in a minute. I would have put Arkansas in. Yeah. Uh, I just questioned some of the shooting there. Like I, the, the high level talent. I'll, this is what I'll say with Kentucky is that I can see a situation where they're like a six seed that gets knocked out in the first round. I could see them being a two or a three seed that makes a run to the final four. I could see them ending up being an 11 seed that uh, that that gets to the Elite Eight. I could see them not making the NCAA tournament. Like I, I think the range of outcomes for that team is ridiculous. If Aaron Bradshaw plays, if DJ Wagner uh, lives up to the hype, if Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell can provide some level of stability as fifth-year seniors, I think we're looking at a team that has a very nice blend of uh, veterans and youth 
And if John Calip, this is the most important part. If John Calipari goes all the way in on like the pace and space and three point shooting. I think that that team has a very high ceiling. Now, the one any team other that I did year, not mention, I would agree with you. Not this year. All right. The any, last any, thing, any other, any other five year stretch of of history, I would agree with you. Fair enough. Um, all right. This is what I want to ask you guys because the team that I left out uh, in our top ten, you know, on the Almanac's top ten, I left out FAU. Um, I just think that it's it's very hard to repeat what they did last year. And I think that they are a good team. I think that they have been um, buoyed. I think they're more like a top 20 kind of a team than the top 10 kind of a team, if that makes sense. Um, there's a there's like an NBA talent level that is just not there that there is at some of these other high major programs. I wanted to make a run. I just think that these are the kind of things where sometimes it comes back to earth. Tennessee, sorry, Rick Barnes, just don't trust you in March. But here's the one. Here's the one I want to ask you guys about. You see, You see how Rob treats you whenever you signed up for the Field of 68 Invitational? You see how he first treats of all, you? He gets you to all, sign up, fan. It's the field of sixty-eight. Field of sixty-eight invitational. It's the field of sixty-eight tip-off. It's the field of sixty-eight tip-off. Invitational okay. tip-off. Same the difference. Field of you know what happens? They immediately start downplaying you. It's unreal. You, you see, you see what happens when you get a job in the NBA. You just take limitless shots. Yeah, I know. You just been blasting <laughs> everybody today, Tio. Um, I, I do want to ask you guys about Houston. I don't have I don't have the Cougars on my list. Yeah. Big fan, of, big fan of Cougars is Rob Doster, typically. Is that a – is that? Oh, my God. My, my wife calls herself a Puma. She says that Cougars are too old, so she calls herself a Puma. Where's the discrepancy between a Cougar and a Puma? Is it 35? Like, when do you the turn same, from – where do you turn from Puma to Cougar? They're, they're like, literally the same animal. It's, the, it's just different names. I'm, is that true? Name. Pretty sure, yeah. There's like no it, it, I've never heard it, somebody re- refer to them as the Houston Pumas. Pumas, oh. Cougars, Mountain Lions, they're all the same animal. It's just like a different place that they live. Yeah. So if Houston is on that list to try to get us back on the track. has got to go at 11. I think that's interesting because for a variety of reasons. Number one, the, the logical reason is has Houston been really well conditioned to go deep into March because they don't have to, they have not had to go through the grind that they're about to endure through Good in December, January, February uh, in the Big 12. The other thing is, and they reloaded. They brought in LJ Cryer from Baylor. They brought in Damian Dunn from Temple, two very skilled players, two great assets to play off Jamal Shedd. To me, though, like you lost Marcus Sasser, you lost Tremont Mark, you lost an NBA high draft pick in Jarris Walker, and you lost Reggie Chaney. They, they lost great players, Sasser being the best. Do they have an All-American on this team? Pryor is going to be close. Um, but here's this is my line of thinking, and, and, and tell me if you think this is crazy. One, I don't think that they have great guard play. I think they have good guard play. I don't know if they have great guard play, specifically point guard play. That's something that's a little bit of a red flag to me. And two, yeah. um, Kelvin didn't go out in the portal and go try to add any front court depth to replace Reggie Chaney. Now, what often happens is you have this, uh, this, this, this assembly line of six foot eight, two hundred thirty pound athletic dudes with seven foot five wingspans that they just they find all of those guys and they just churn them out and they wait until they're ready to go. 
Javier Francis is going to be the guy that in theory would play next to Jawan Roberts as the four role. But what I'm hearing coming out of Houston is that it may be, we may see more small ball, right? We may see more Terrence Arsenal at the four. We may see more lineups where Emmanuel Sharp gets on the floor with the other two guards. Um, it sounds like five of their six best players are perimeter players. And when you are a Houston team that is built around toughness and built around physicality and built around defense and pounding the offensive glass and all the things that have made them great over the years, I just wonder whether uh, going four guards and playing small like that is something that will work. T.O.'s taking a nap over there. No. We, we tired you out? No. I'm good. Are you worried about Houston? No. No, I'm not no. worried. Um, I just don't know. I, I, the, the, only, the only thing of uh, of uh, being worried is, is more so to do with the league they're about to move into. Yeah. Yeah. That That's that's really the only thing. And I, I don't necessarily see that as a negative. I think it's just they're going to go into the NCAA tournament with 25 wins instead of 31 or something. Like, that's – it's a it's a it's a grind that Big Twelve schedule. That's kind of my only thing. But you said earlier that Marquette has the best culture in basketball. It's a different culture, but Houston. It, it yeah, is, you're right. as, as far as like what you're considering the best, I mean, like, uh, there's certainly categories for that. So uh, uh, he's got to be up there too. It's it's certainly a different one, but it's it's equally as effective, if not more, or if not more effective than Marquette has been over the last X amount of years. Your Miami pick is great, and it mm-hmm. transitions us right to the ACC preview. But your Miami pick is great because, one, look at the last two years, Elite Eight and first Final Four in the history of the school. And, yes, they say goodbye to Isaiah Wong, who had an amazing career, and, yes, they say goodbye to Jordan Miller, but they still have enough really, really strong players. I mean, Nigel Pack is still walking through that door. Wuga Poplar? Is it Poplar or Poplar? Poplar. Poplar. Poplar, a dude. He's gonna. Dude. He's gonna take he's, off. He's a de- dude, and North Chad Omir is is a dude too. And not to mention they brought in Matthew Cleveland, who's a guy who at Florida State was averaging 14, 15 points per game, and is tough. He's a tough mofo. Miami's good. Miami is great, and Miami again this year, heading into the season, the national person, meaning us. I, I understand people are going to be like. Duke is number one in the ACC. And then Carolina, are they back? Carolina, like we don't talk about Miami until we get to like the third or fourth point on the ACC. We need to change that. We should be talking about Miami one or two. Miami should be second in the ACC preseason poll. And they absolutely can win the ACC title. Yep. And not only that, they got a young man named Kaishan George who played in French Pro B last year that shot like 34, 35% from three. Pro B is a good league. And like he, he's a really good player, six, seven, rangy, can do a lot of things with the basketball. That, underrated get that didn't get the publicity. But like this Miami train's not stopping, guys. They nope. just got Jalil Bethea, who is a top 10 player in next year's class. Like he can Miami's going to, yeah. they're continuing to be good. And the crazy thing is, Miami. they get all these. That's it. That's it. They get all these guys from the Northeast and up in Minnesota to where like, hey, man, weather's pretty good down here. Plus, we, we got some NIL situations. We got some NIL situations that are nice. Fanta, for the people that are listening to this and aren't watching it on YouTube, Fanta is dropping dollar bills. Um, when I first saw you do that, I thought you were dropping powder. And I was like, oh, my God, Fanta. <laughs> like powder in Miami. I was oh. like, dude. That's the old Miami. Miami's really cleaned up. 
You can't do America. that. You can't do that on the DTF podcast, man. America, I don't do drugs. Big news. The Almanac is officially back. The most exhaustive and comprehensive guide to the 2023-24 college basketball season is available for pre-order now. If you go to cbbalmanac.com, link is in the description below, you can pre-order for just $15.99 or 20% off the sticker price. The format is going to be a little bit different this season. Instead of an 850-page PDF, you'll be getting access to the full site with league-by-league PDFs available for download. The preview will be live on September 20th. So you have until then to be able to get your pre-orders in. So for insight for all 362 Division I teams from their head coaches and the experts that cover them, make sure you hit that link. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. (laughs) <laughs> no, they're good. On, they're were good, those dollar bills it's not rolled stopping up? either like it's not uh, stopping just yeah. to let everybody know like get ahead of the game like miami's not going why do you have that many singles can we talk about that for a second like why do you have that many random singles laying around don't ask <laughs> no, i was in italy we were in italy so you need singles gotcha, but gotcha. you know why they're, you know why they're not going anywhere because jim laranega said this and i loved it at the final four he said I tell my guys, do what you have to do, you know, with the NIL, which they're kings at. Do what you have to do. You go to, go to class. You want to go enjoy the, the beach. I mean, Jim Laranega said it. I got the best job in the world. I get nice coffee or a smoothie. He said a smoothie. Mm-hmm. And he walks around campus and he goes, I'm in, I'm in Miami. The women are gorgeous. The sun is out. I got a smoothie in hand. And I tell my players, I'll see you at three o'clock every day. And from three to five, you're mine. Outside of that, you're good. He's got this master plan down, man. <laughs> this guy's running while we're all walking. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's it's 105 degrees down there. And Larinaga's in a full sweatsuit drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's got it figured out, though. I was I, I talked to 
to a head coach this past weekend. I'm not going to say who, but we were talking about NIL, and there's been a lot of hoopla about guys like, well, what if this guy's getting paid 400 grand, the guy next to you is getting 100 grand? How does that make you feel? And every coach I've talked to, like, excuse my French, like, who gives a fuck? Like, let these guys make money. The, the players in the locker room, they want to be coached. Once it gets there, they understand. If there's jealousy, who cares? Bench mm-hmm. the jealous one. And Larinaga's got it figured out. Yep. All right, so let's let's transition that into – obviously, we know Duke is the best team. We're going to talk about just how good they are in a second. But uh, Miami, well, are we agreeing them second-best team in the ACC? Are you guys both there? Yep, both there. All I right. am. All right, so North eh, Carolina. Eh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me pull up my list. Yeah, it's, I got Miami second. Yeah, yeah. So North Carolina then is probably the next team that we need to discuss. I negative. Well, we'll, we'll get. Uh, what I was going to say is I'm a little bit worried about them, and the reason that I'm worried about them is because I can see, I can see some. I'm, let me let me phrase it like this: I'm worried about them as at like a top fifteen kind of a team. I think they're going to be really good, but I can see some roster construction issues arising because. I don't know if R.J. Davis is a full-time point guard, and it kind of looks to me like they're going to try to play Elliott Cadeau as a full-time point guard. And I don't know if you look at the track record of point guards that have reclassified and enrolled early as like young 17-year-olds, young 18-year-olds to try to run a program, like it's not great. So uh, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to push back on that a little bit just simply okay. because uh, like Tyrese Proctor was good last year. Wouldn't you agree? Like it took yeah, but a little he was, bit of time, but, but he got going. But he's but he was the he was already the age of a freshman. That, that's yeah, the same thing. Like he as reclassified to to going to the age that he was supposed to be. Like Elliot Cadeau is is, is Cadeau's nineteen years old. He's nineteen already. Yeah, like he's eighteen, nineteen years old. Like he's he, and if he's still eighteen, like he's about to turn nineteen soon. Like he's he's an older player. That's my pushback. But it is an adjustment. I get it. I, I just feel like he's so quick and so good. It's. He's going to fit alongside them well, so it's, well. It's the, I understand why they did it, right? It's the passing and the shooting that you could put around him. And he can get in the lane. He can do like Kendall Marshall. That's shit, it. And it create, helps create space and and um, that you wouldn't. He just impacts else. winning. Yeah. He just impacts winning. And, and, he, and he's he got winning other, stuff. But, but it's what Rob just said, Terrence. Your workload gets alleviated when you consider the pieces around him. Veteran players, guys yeah. who have been to the national championship game. Harrison Ingram, who looks like he's going to be a stud by all mm-hmm. accounts. I mean, he, he was at Stanford. It's a guy who averaged 11, 6, and 4 per game. Yep. Tell, they, they, to me, I thought they were very strategic in their offseason approach. And I thought it was a successful offseason. And now – Cadeau's not being asked to be Superman. He's got to do some management that is beyond what his experience says. But I'd like to think that the entire vibe around Carolina is a 180 from what they were last year. Yeah, this is the this is the 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 lead that we use in the almanac, the lead quote from Hubert Davis. The biggest thing for us this year is approaching it as we and not me. This is about us. I think that says a lot about uh, the piece that is is no longer there. We don't Whoa. need to drag Caleb Love. I um, also I, I also like to point out like the Cormac Ryan edition was a really good one. Yes. Well, here's here's what I was going to say to you, and I was curious your thoughts on this. Is that 
You bring in Elliot Cadeau and look at the guys that they added. Cormac Ryan shot 34% from three. I think that we all agree he's a better shooter than 34% yes. from three. Um, they added uh, Paxson Wojcik, who shot 38% from three, albeit at Brown. They added Jalen Withers, uh, who shot 42% from three on not a lot of attempts, but that's still 42% from three as a six foot nine. Four. That was an underrated get too. Like he's originally, yeah. he he's a South Met kid out of Charlotte. Like he's a North Carolina kid. I, I'm happy he went there. Uh, to have some things facilitated for him. He was he was an all-freshman team member as a five, and last year he played the two. Yeah. So, like, you guys tell me that Louisville had some roster situation issues. Yeah, Sorry. and then Harrison Ingram, who um, shot 32% from three. I think we'll see that go up a little bit. He's good enough that he has to make him, but you can have one guy out there that's good enough where you have to – good enough to make him, but isn't a great shooter and still be able to space the floor. So, are you – do you see that working? Do you see – I think we all see what Hubert was trying to do. Do you think that it will work for him this season, T.O.? Yeah. Yeah, because now you have two guards that are that are willing to give the ball up and play play quickly and realize that like hey, the, last year North Carolina, they would they would get a stop and then they'd walk it up because Caleb Love wanted it. Like when, when RJ Day two years ago when they went to the Final Four in the national championship game, it's when RJ kind of took over and they let Caleb do his thing in the last 10 minutes. Now you're going to have two guards and Cadeau and Davis that are willing to push the ball and make that advance pass. To me, that triggers everything with mm -hmm. North Carolina. So I think it's going to work. I think they have quality pieces around Cadeau, older guys. Harrison Ingram's really good, guys. I mean, an excellent passer, sees the floor. He's got to shoot it a little better, but I think he can. Uh, th this is a really, really nice lineup. I, I mean, from top to bottom, uh, there's a lot of good pieces. And, and pieces like West Virginia transfer uh, James Conquo. Like, I he knows what he's getting into. He's he's backing up Armando Baycott, and he'll probably only play five to seven minutes on on a given night. And other nights he'll play twelve. Like you need what you need, you need him to piece. average eight and ten, eight, eight and eight to ten minutes, and give five fouls, and just make sure that Armando when he hits the bench, like you got a guy out there that's going to play his balls off for 10 minutes yeah. to make sure that your big fella doesn't get tired by the end of the season. And he's a rim runner, lob threat, yeah. screen and roll guy. Like he, he's going to be able to do all those things. I, I love the way the, the roster is constructed. All right. So there are three teams. I mentioned this earlier. There are three teams that wear arms that we need to talk about. Syracuse is one of them. I'm going to put them to the side for a second. Cause I want to talk about red Autry, bigger picture, Virginia and Clemson are the two teams in this league that I think are not getting anywhere near uh, enough discussion. And um, Fanta, I'm going to go to T.O. first on this one. You know why I'm going to go to T.O. first on this one. You can see that Clemson Tiger Paw on the wall behind him. Okay, you see that Clemson degree right there on the wall behind him. Just talk to me them. about your Tigers, man. Look, they lost they lost some, uh, some players that I think were better than people realize, like Hunter Tyson. <laughs> Turns out, like, he's a fucking dude, huh? Brevin he's Galloway, dude. really good player once he got his nuts reattached. So, um... <laughs> what do you what do you make of this team? PJ Hall's back. They get Joseph Gerard. Uh, Chase Hunter's back. Jack Clark. Like I saw that kid when he was at LaSalle as a freshman. And if he can ever find a way to get healthy, you're getting a six eight dude that can shoot it with point guard skills. He was a point yep. guard until he was a senior in high school. He was six one. Then he grew. Fucked up his knees. Uh, tough situation. But what do you make of um, what do you make of Clemson? There's a lot to like. PJ Hall is kind of where you start everything because in a league full of really good five men, like people, there's a lot of good five men in the ACC. Like mm -hmm. you have uh, 
the guy at up at Boston College, Quentin Post, who's really good. Baycott's really good. Filipowski, Norm, Norchad O'Meara, like PJ Holt belongs in that conversation of potential player of the year in the league. Like we have him as a top twenty-five player on the almanac. Yeah, I, and, and deservedly so. He he is that good, and he had a terrific. Uh, he had, oh good, Fanta can stay. Breaking Fanta news! Stay. Breaking news here on the DTF podcast. Fanta canceled. He canceled his eleven o'clock call. He's not canceled. He, he bailed on it. Canceled. He, he bailed on not, it. Hold on, I have not been canceled. <laughs> hey, oh my goodness gracious! This this you know, a lot of people blame me for for the some of the crap that's happened in the last year. I I I don't have much to do with it. It is all on you, Rob. <laughs> it's, it's me. It's me. I'm on. It's definitely some on Goodman. Okay? You know what? I can I can tell you're growing up because like when I start trying to push you to 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 get a little reckless, like you stop doing it, man. You stop doing it. Smart man. I'm proud of you. That'll do it. it. See my it's like my baby boy all grown up now. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Anyway, finish your point, Tio. No, uh, I, I I like the pieces. Chase Hunter's probably the most underrated guard in the league. Uh, what he averaged fourteen what was it fourteen points four four or four and a half boards, three assists. No, four and a half assists, three boards. Like he's a guy that's a big time athlete, and his slot when Alamir Dawes transferred from Clemson to Seton Hall, there was kind of a void left at the point guard spot. And he had to kind of do it by proxy and like whew, it took his game off. Just having the ball in his hands, being a part, had some game winning shots there at the end. Uh Can they he's guard, underrated. Do you do you buy him defensively? Like, look, they they lose Chase Hunter Galloway. or Clemson? Clemson. Like yes. they lose Brevin Galloway and they're bringing in Joe. Brevin Jamal Galloway Hall. for defense. Who are we talking about? Well, they're that dude, that dude can't guard Fanta. Well, they add they're they're replacing him with Joe Girard. He can't that's guard. the only issue, but I, I'm Here's my counter to that is everybody else can guard. And I don't worry about Brad Brunell in defense. That's okay. my counter. And if he if he's not going to play some form of defense, he's not going to be out there. They so lost Pat Middlebrooks who could guard. Yeah. yeah, but he only played like eight minutes. Okay. And I it's I, I'm not worried. And I also see Chauncey Wiggins taking a bigger role. This okay. is a guy 6'9, 6'10, can really defend, can shoot the basketball. Uh, shot great percentages on low attempts last year, but I'm telling you, he's he could be that next three and D six ten wing that can shoot it and defend. Just another guy. Here's why Clemson's being underrated. Because in a world of the ACC, where oftentimes the complaint about the middle teams is that they don't have that that guy, Clemson's got a trio that should be in sync should be scoring the ball on a high level, should be able to feed off one another. I mean, P.J. Hall is ready to be in takeover mode. Obviously, we saw signs of that last year. Now with Hunter Tyson gone, I think he understands that he's got to be that dude. But your backcourt's going to have synergy. And the reason is because I think Chase Hunter and Joe Girard are going to feed well off one another. And this team, to me, Terrence, I, I – and – you're the Clemson master, so you can disagree, and I'd love to hear your disagreement, okay? Well, to technically, me, he's the Greenville master now, all right? Okay. <laughs> They've got a trio, right? They've got dudes there at the top of their roster, whereas you look at some other ACC teams and you're like, okay, I think their core is solid, but do they have a go-to guy down the stretch in games? And I think, I think Clemson's going to be okay in that category. I'm with you. I mean, my X factor is Chauncey Wiggins. 
Uh, like you just said, he's he's gained weight. He seems like he's naturally poised for the sophomore leap. But how about Jack Clark? How about Jack Clark, a transfer from NC State? Yeah, good player. Got to stay healthy. Like, like it's, 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 gotta, a, gotta it's a health healthy. thing, man. Like, it's a health. Like, he he's one of these kids that had a late growth spurt, and it's just he hasn't been able to – his body hasn't caught up to the fact that it's it's now seven inches bigger than it was before, and he just keeps getting hurt. It just it's J- Jake Heibreder averaged 15 a game at Air Force last year. Yeah, I was about so, to ask you about him. What do you think about him? I, I, I do think with the things that he does uh, translates to Brad Reynolds offense. He runs off the ball. He moves. He's not a guy who's going to dribble the air out of the ball. Shoots off the catch. I, I think he's a good piece. I think he's a good piece. Ian Shefflin's a good player, too. Just kind of somebody that, that'll board and it, initiate the break. They have pieces in everywhere, and they're deep. They have they pieces top everywhere, and they're deep. And you have, you have Gerard you can run screens for. You have Chase Hunter you can create off the bounce. And if you want something near the rim, you go to P.J. Hall, and then everything can function around it. There, there's there's a lot to like offensively. Are, defensively, are I get the whole team? Joe Gerard thing. Yep. Are they, you think they're a top 25 team, T.O.? Yes, I do. Where More you, like you, top 35 for me. I yeah, think top I, 25. They're in that 20 to 25 range. Yeah, I think they're uh, they're a tournament team. They, they should yes. make the tournament this year. Yes, and if they, they should. If they don't, then all of the – it feels like Brad Manel's been on the hot seat for 27 years at this point. <laughs> like, But this is the year where you're like, dude – Easy. Brad's my neighbor right yeah. now. I'm about to move. We can talk next week. Yeah, so just talk a little quieter when you say he's on the hot seat, all right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, he, he knows he has to win. He knows he has to win. That's no secret. It's Look, they've got a bet. They've got an ACC Player of the Year candidate. Might yeah. sound bold, but PJ Hall can be that. Yep. Um, all right, Virginia. This is the one where I'm having a very difficult time wrapping my head around it, and I'm curious. So I, I kind of think that what Tony Bennett wants to do is something that is not necessarily going to work in the modern age of college basketball. He wants to get guys to come in. He wants them to stay there for three, four, five years. He wants them to grow. He wants them to develop. He wants to turn them from top 100 kids into Malcolm Brogdon, from top 40 kids into Kyle Guy, from three-star recruits into Ty Jerome. Like He wants to get these dudes, bring them in, and develop them and grow them in his system. Um, I don't know if that still works with the guys that are good at that level. And uh, I got a little pushback from Virginia fans about that. They seem to be really excited about this team. I can kind of see what they're saying, but at the same time, you got a group with three sophomores basically that are expected to start in Isaac McNeely, Ryan Dunn, and the transfer from St. Thomas, uh, Andrew Rohde. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Love all three of those guys. Love all three. I, I do too. They're they're also young. And how often have we seen um, seen Tony Bennett have that level of success with that youth? Uh, Jordan Minor. Was awesome at Merrimack, fantastic in the NEC because that one was I'm bigger. more worried about. Yeah, he was bigger and more physical and more athletic. Yeah, that one I'm more worried about. Those three transfer. sophomores I like though. Oof. And and what about Re- and Reese Beekman? Like he's good. We've been waiting for him to kind of take the star turn. Like I'm just fan of you're you're just you're gesticulating. Go ahead, say what you got to say. I'm just I, I wonder if. I don't saying Tony Bennett lost his fastball. Like that's the wrong way to phrase. But like I, I wonder if what he does best still works. Okay, I don't think he's lost his fastball. I think he's got to get in the lab and and work on refining what his pitching arsenal is to to go off baseball terminology. I think Tony Bennett's got great stuff. He's got to add not, a knuckle curve. Well, a knuckle <laughs> big curve fan of the October. knuckle curve. He's got to throw a change up. A knuckle curve in October or in college basketball terminology, March. Here's the thing: they went twenty five and eight last year. They had a nice season. 
Yeah. They had a great season. They went 15 and five in the ACC. They lost five of their top seven players. They lost a lot. And when you're not in the, like Kevin Keats had a, had a horrible year two years ago. And what did he do? He quickly turned the thing at NC state with, with just a mass of transfers, mm-hmm. a mass of, of transfers, quick hitting transfers. Yeah. He had a couple of, of players that he retained that were very good. We'll get to them. But for me, Tony Bennett did try to build this the way that he's built other teams. And college basketball has changed. And you're at the end of the day. I'm with you guys. I like what they brought in in Tony Bennett, his ideology. Andrew Rohde, Jordan Minor. Don't forget that Dante Harris was as as big as any reason why why Georgetown won the 2021 Big East Tournament. So we have a, a small sample size, but Dante Harris won. He's a former Big East Tournament most outstanding player. He's a good guard who needs mm-hmm. coaching and who I think could take off under Tony Bennett. But you are asking a guy from the NEC. Did he red, on, did, didn't Dante redshirt? Am I imagining that? He You're transferred imagine. midway and then redshirt. Midway. So, so he, yeah. he has he has a semester under his belt in the system, right? Yeah. 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 And so, so I like him. Uh, but I'll tell you what, guys. They're relying on players – who were in totally different conferences, much lower conferences. Let's let's call a spade a spade. And now they're asking those players to to really step up. They're young. They need Reese Beekman to be that dude. And and I don't know if Reese Beekman is a guy that's going to be averaging 15, 16 points per game. All right. I, I just and maybe he will be, and maybe he'll take that on and be that guy. Maybe he has to be that guy for this team. But what I think about Virginia is. I, I, I like their core. I can understand some of the players that they've got, but does this team have enough to be at the Virginia standard to compete for an ACC title? There are just four players from this team who played any minutes a year ago. Beekman, the lone starter, they lost a lot. And unless you're quickly turning it with the power of NIL, that's not what they did in their offseason additions. They went the traditional route, and I fear if they've got enough. And if Beekman's not the guy on the offensive end, who is? Why is it? Why isn't Beekman the guy? I, I, I'm we lost there. We he, just haven't. We just haven't seen it. Haven't seen know? it. Like, I, I wouldn't. I'm not talking about him. I, I think that he was good in the role that he was asked to be in last year, right? Where you're going to be a little bit of a facilitator. He had one of the best assist to turnover ratios in the country. Yeah, but that, that's different from scoring. He was. Yeah, I know, but the scoring is going to be the scoring is going to be skewed because of the style that they play. Like if if they're only scoring 50 points a game and he's scoring almost 20 percent of that, like it's 20 percent of the team's offense. I have. I think that has less to do with him than it does what they're doing. My other concern with them, the last point I'll make about them is I'm concerned about what they do in the front court. Yeah. They just need to screen in the front court. I like this team. I, and I think they give – Isaac McNeely gives him something different than he's had since Kyle Guy, and that's somebody you could draw up to come off and shoot threes. Mm-hmm. That That's where I think it makes a difference this year. I think Andrew Rohde can do the same thing. Uh, he's more of an all-skill guy. He's more in the form of um, – of uh, what's the kid's name that uh, when they lost, he said, yeah, we are aware of that. Thanks a lot for telling Ty me. Jerome. Yeah. He's much more Ty Jerome than he is a Kyle guy. I think, I think Isaac McNeely is a bigger Kyle guy 
when it comes to stylistically. Uh, he's not Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy was a McDonald's All-American, but McNeely can come off screens. He can score off the move. You can set a pin down, and he can come off and score. They haven't had that in some years. Who's the hey, last guy? I got to I gotta go sign for a package real quick. Sorry. Do it. Do you like this team more than Clemson? No. No, because Clemson's got – if you put the two teams together, you would draft P.J. Hall first. Depends on where you're talking about. Like, as far as what? I think Clemson's got a better top. Well, I have Clemson third. Like, that's not like I got, I got, I got Clemson three, North Carolina four, Virginia five. There's more knowns with Clemson than there are with Virginia. Sure. But the style will carry them. And the fact that he fit like McNeely and Rhodey fit better. And then they had this dynamic point guard. Now that Kihei Clark's out of the way, I just feel like Virginia is going to be tough to handle because their point of attack is Beekman. And you have guys on the wings that can score in different ways. They're calm. They know how to play. They don't have this Jack Salt figure to where they can go in and screen and be mucking up and be physical. But if Jordan Miner can be somewhat that at 6'8", 240, then I think it's going to help things. But I'm telling you, McNeely could be in line for an all-conference type year because he is that type of talent. He's got the size, and he's so strong that he's going to be able to hold guys off and be able to score when those games are 43 to 42 with a minute and a half to go. You can run some of these curled, you know, baseline cuts for him to get something in the corner because he can knock down those shots. Virginia hasn't had that in the last couple of years. Family. Yeah. They haven't had that. That's kind of where I differ a little bit. I think this team fits outside of not really having this overwhelming five-man physically. Fair point. McNeely did prove himself against Duke and Furman last year. He had double-figure performances in those games. And he shot 39% from three. And on a team that was very experienced, Terrence, mm -hmm. and I think it's interesting that he was able to find his way on the floor and play 22 minutes per game as a freshman on a team that minutes were not easy to come by for Virginia last year. If you were a reserve, if you were a guy that was kind of an afterthought at, at first glance, he, he, he became a, a key piece. And like you just said, he gives them perimeter shot making. There's just there's a level of unknowns with this Virginia team. Sure. And I gotta say, big picture in the Almanac. All right. Uh, and folks, I think the Almanac is absolutely fantastic. And while I work for the Field of 68, I have no hand in preparing the Almanac. And T.O. agrees. It Same. is awesome. It's awesome. It is awesome. I got nothing to do with it either. It, it in was, the Almanac. In the Almanac, Tony Bennett said. Quote, this is college basketball now. I just hope this isn't every year for us. End quote. That's a very interesting quote. And it comes off to me that big picture. He that to me says he wants to do things a certain way. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to be a Jay Wright who retires because of they're seeing the way that this is all going. So at some point, Tony Bennett's probably going to have to shift some of what his foundational beliefs as a coach have been. Yeah, and and there's still ways to do it the way that he wants to be able to do it, right? There's You can still bring players in and kind of develop them, and I think you're seeing that a little bit with um, specifically McNeely and Ryan Dunn, right? Like those are two guys where they hang around for four years, they're going to be really, really, really damn good for Virginia. I just feel like they might be a year away, and it's hard to be a year away when the guy who's going to be your best player um, probably won't be there in a year. I want to ask you guys about Syracuse. Have we talked about Syracuse yet? Oh, dude, no, but they are the most intriguing team yes. in the in the league. 
All right, so tell me why. Because there's there's two reasons why I find them very, very, very interesting. Because who the hell knows? Like, who who knows how they're going to play this year? New coach, Red, comes in, and it's like, well, is he going to play zone? Are they going to play man? He said they're going to play man. Are they going to play zone? Then they bring guys in like Naheem McLeod, who fits perfectly for his zone. A transfer seven foot four transfer that heads up to uh, Syracuse. He fits right in the middle of the zone, and then you have all this length around the perimeter that could give you fits with the zone. And then JJ Starling comes in from Notre Dame, former McDonald's All America. Judah Mintz comes back, the best returning guard in the league. And then Malik Brown, and I know this probably isn't going to be a popular opinion. He's just this long rangy energy guy that just kind of molds everything together. And there's so much talent on the team. It's just like, how is this team going to be coached? Like we, mm-hmm. we just don't know. And there's been no precedent because uh, he hasn't worked for anybody. He hasn't worked for anybody except for uh, Bayheim and Seth Greenberg. So like, who are your, where are your, like what defense are you going to do? And then if you do decide to play man to man, how are you going to play it? Like, so many questions, so many questions right there, but the talent is obvious. Benny Williams is obviously talented. I think a new coach coming in is obviously going to help him out. I, Man, I, I am wildly intrigued, wildly I, intrigued. I think they're going to be really, really good. I, like, I think we're talking, like, top 25. I think we're talking 25 wins. I think we're talking 13 or 14 wins in the ACC good, Fanta. No, I'm not mad and- at that. The talent's there to do that. If J.J. Starling can improve his perimeter shot making, that would go a long way in their ability to make that leap. Now, Starling is great at attacking the basket, and Judah Mintz, the return of Judah Mintz is the top reason why this team can dream. Because you're talking about a guy, do you know how hard it is as a freshman to come in and average 16 and 5 assists per game? Those are ridiculous numbers. Those are so numbers. fast. He is so fast. He's a beast. He's a beast. Chris Bell is another shot-making weapon who I think is a bit of an X factor for them. Six foot seven can cause mismatches. I expect growth. At the end of the day, he came in as a freshman, played mm-hmm. 20 minutes per game. Benny Williams is a guy who I think talking with Red for our off the carousel series, Red Altree's challenging Benny Williams to, to take ownership, to be the tough guy to be physical, and to deliver. They've got height, plenty of height. Now it's a matter of who's going to step up and be that dude of the height that they have. Is it as simple as Naheem McLeod? But they've got options. This team has potentially multiple pros. And and again, for me, if they can perimeter shot make, they're going to be better defensively. All right, that's not that hard to do. Because let's face it, Syracuse defensively the last couple of years has just been unathletic and not good. They're going to be better on that end of the floor. They're going to play more man. My concern has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the fact that they're playing in the Maui Invitational. It has to do with the fact that they're playing in the Maui Invitational. Is that the call you bailed on? Nope. (laughs) And that they're playing, uh, they're playing a challenging non-conference schedule. Uh, mm-hmm. playing Oregon in Sioux Falls, they can win that game. Frankly, they, they probably should win that game. We'll see. But, guys, if you're in the Maui, like if you look at the Maui Invitational right now, they're probably, what, sixth or seventh in that event? Fifth, sixth, seventh? That event is loaded this year. 
Yeah, it's really good. It's um, I'm just laughing at To whatever the hell he, he keeps putting a pillow on his head for some reason for the people. Yeah, I know. I listening at home. I, I'm, I'm I'm like, yeah, sorry. The the ADD has <laughs> finally started kicking in. Yeah, I will say this. So I, I think there are two things that are going to determine how good this team are, and, and to say nothing of like we're going to find out whether or not Red Archer can actually coach, right? Like maybe he is awesome. Maybe he's terrible. We don't, we don't really know. We have no idea. Yeah, we have no idea. Um, I think the two things that are really going to impact this are, one, the shooting from that backcourt, right? Like Judah mentioned, J.J. Starling combined to shoot about 30% from three. That's got to go up. You can't have your two best players, your two best guards, shoot 30% from three and win at the level you want to be able to win. Um, I'm not saying they got to be 45% three-point shooters. I'm saying let's get to mid-30s, fellas. Come on. Um, the other thing is Chance Westry. Uh, he was injured a lot last year, um, but and he has loved like, him before they, before he got hurt. Yeah, like I, I've talked with Bruce Pearl before last season and he was like, chance Westry's the guy, like he's going to be the guy in our backcourt. He's going to be the guy. No one's talking about. He's going to be the best freshman we have. And he was injured and he was banged up and he didn't really get it done. But like a six, six combo guard that can shoot it a little bit. that can play off the bounce a little bit. That can be switchable defensively. Like he, you plug him in with, with JJ and Judah and all of a sudden, um, one, you have like maybe the coolest names for any uh for any backcourt in the country, but I can't imagine a better combination of length, athleticism, and talent than Judah JJ and Chance Westry. That's that's fun, man. That's fun. a lot. Yeah, that's fun. We're good. Uh, anyone that we haven't talked about yet, To that you think deserves mention here, like Virginia Tech, NC State. Boston College is a team. We talked about them a little bit. They went 9-11 and in the league last year. They bring some good pieces back. And they have um, Quentin Post. Quentin Post. Uh, Wake Forest brings some good players back. Losing. Um... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Losing the uh the big kid Applebee, Bobby is, Applebee. yeah Appleby and and the, and and Bobby they, but they add they, they add Kevin Miller they add Kevin Miller who transfers I want to say from Central Michigan who got hurt so he didn't play the entire year but the numbers that he put up during those five or six games that he played were insane so he'll be kind of the next one um, they're really high on this kid uh, Marcus Marion Danish kind of a three four and really step out and shoot about six nine six ten he averaged fifteen and nine and. Di- Denmark's top league and Denmark's top league is not great, but it's also not, it's still, there's still some pros over there. So I think that's uh, to be mentioned. Uh, Wake will be fine. Will they make the tournament? I, I I think it's possible, but it'll be tough. What about Boston college? Wake for, uh, I'm sorry, Boston college, NC state, Virginia. I like Boston college because I think the floor is going to magically open up. Like Quentin post just kind of makes things work. He shot almost 43% from three and he's, 
seven feet tall. And not only that, he's got to be a better, he's got to be a better passer, but if he stays healthy, he'll be good. Uh, Prince of league Bay could make us, could take a step forward. You think that sophomore jump in production from, you know, a percentage standpoint is going to happen. Uh, gosh, it's just to me, like the, the league is better this year. It's deeper this year. It, it, it was it was bad last year, but I think this year it'll take a bit of a step. Wildly intrigued to see what happens at Georgia Tech with Damon Stoudemire. I don't think they'll be good, but I'm curious to see how they play. Uh, Florida State and Baba Miller, if if that team can stay healthy, they could figure some things out. Jalen Ganey, who tore his knee up last year, uh, was Ivy League player, the defensive player of the year, uh, what two seasons ago. Uh, they think he's going to be able to change some things for them defensively. Bob Bob Miller is great. Uh, Notre Dame is there's going talent to be on that Florida State roster. Terrible. There's there's talent on that roster. Yeah, there is. There is, and they're they're going to be fine. Notre Dame might be the worst team in the league. I think them and Louisville they're going to they're going to slug it out for the bottom. <laughs> and uh, I, I guys, I think Pitt's going to be pretty good. I think Pitt's going to be pretty good. They they lost uh, what's the kid's name? Dior Johnson. Of course he. You know, he transfers every time the wind blows. But, like, they have uh, Blake Henson returns. Zach Austin's really good. Transfer from high point, extremely athletic. And the Diaz brothers come back. So, there's a lot in this league. It, it's a better league this year than it has been in, in the past two or three. Yeah, How many tournament teams, Fanta? Well, so I actually think that this is a league that could send six to the NCAA tournament. I, I really do believe that. And I think six would be a nice year for the ACC. Uh, and and six, I mean, seven's the high point, but I think they could send six. I think that you're talking about a league that's going to have Duke, Miami, Carolina. Carolina's going to dance this upcoming year, okay? Yeah, mm -hmm. Carolina fans, I know you thought I was a hater last year, but I was just trying to talk it real, and, and, and they, they missed it. NC State. NC State. Virginia, I still trust to find a way there. Clemson, by what we're talking about, can go. And I, then I, I think the top six are – I think there's six that we can say pretty confidently should be tournament teams. Duke, Miami, North six? Carolina, Virginia, Clemson, Syracuse. I'll tell you who I have at six. Oh, wow, Syracuse. See, I have Syracuse at 10 heading into the year. I'll tell you who I have Because I have no idea. Sorry, go, John. Mike Young. I was – yeah. And Virginia Tech are not getting discussed in this league. I know. We all know what happened last year. But little did we forget, okay? They started the season 11-1. and 11-1. and one. It was an all-time collapse, losing seven in a row. When they start the season 11-1, and one, they're in the top 25. You're saying they're locked in to make the NCAA tournament. There's no way they're going to miss it. But Hunter Couture got hurt during a crucial area of the season. They had rough injuries. They've got Sean Padula, Hunter Padula Couture. Oblongata? Yeah. I like and that. I like that. <laughs> my my ACC breakout player is Rodney Rice. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good one. I like him. Good player. I, watching, watching some video of him on YouTube, guys, just pulling some things up. Uh, what stands out to me is got some size to him. Mm -hmm. He can play make, and he's got some explosiveness to him. Yep. And this is a team that last year, when they had some guys banged up, Right when they had Couture get hurt, hand injury. Yeah, they let elbow injury, and they lost seven in a row. Yeah, I mean that's brutal. That's how your season gets destroyed, especially in a league that that then didn't have the opportunities for them 
to get back on the radar. But, you know, they they're, they should be better defensively. That's something that, that Young's got to clean up. They were not a good defensive team last year. But I, I think bringing in a guy like Tyler Nickel, I'll be curious. I, I was going to say, do you know who is going to love Tyler Nickel? You know who's going to be uh, very, very good playing for Mike Young? Yeah. You know who who can be schemed to just sprint into catch and shoot threes? Tyler Nickel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they brought in Robbie Bieran, who was part of winning last year. Yep. Hey, hey, you know what? Let me ask. Let me ask you this, Tio. When you see, when you They're see perfect. these dudes that are allowed to sprint around the floor and just take catch and shoot twenty four foot threes seven times a game, do you sit here and you were like, my career was fifteen years too early. I should be playing for Mike Young. Mike Young has brought this up to me. <laughs> he has brought this up to me every time I see him. He's like, "Hell, I wish I just had a shooter like you." Which he's, I know he's just, but he's bullshitting me. But like, he's still, hey, I'm a fan. Like it, yeah. Fifteen, either that or like, I was only good back then because I was so different. <laughs> Terrence, to your point, you're you're absolutely right. I wish you were playing today for your sake. Okay, right. and you still play. But but here's the thing, Virginia Tech. Also, if you read the almanac. Mike Young said, we're going to have no problem shooting the basketball. Mm-hmm. Guys, do you guys, we all watch college basketball religiously. How many teams struggle from game to game to make threes? Let's simplify the game here. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech's got some motivation. They got some returning players. They did pretty solid in the transfer portal. And they're entering the year where I don't think there's a high expectation level for them. I think this is my sleeper team in the ACC. I really okay. Do. Okay, so so now that we we've, we've all down the ACC enough, so I I'm just gonna go. Hold on, can I teams. tell you my favorite Mike Young story real yeah. quick? So he he uh, he started his career at a Division three school called Emory and Henry, like deep in the woods of yeah. Southwest Virginia. I'm talking about like it's a campus in the middle of a cow farm, right? I'm yep. talking about like one street light town. It's in the middle of nowhere, and. Uh, it was the, it, it's not the case anymore, but there was a while where the guy that was his head coach, Bob Johnson had five division one head coaches in his coaching tree that came, that were assistants for him at this little division three school in the middle of nowhere in Southwest yeah. Virginia. But he, Mike Young told me that when he first got the head coaching job there, the reason he knew it was the right place for him was because uh, there was a civil war soldiers ghost that had haunted the gym that Emory and Henry played their <laughs> games in. So next time you talk to Mike Young, ask him about the Civil War ghost that haunted the Emory and Henry gym. Because I'm pretty he sure always he always has something. Yeah, he always has, he always has some story like that. he's he always has, he's great man. He, he, hey Fanta, have you have you ever interviewed Mike? Never formally interviewed, but you but need to Mike... you need to you need to find time because he'll. <laughs> He'll give you some good stuff, man. He's great. <laughs> well, I look, I don't know if we can let Fan and Mike Young like have a conversation together. That, that might be too much. It would so be I, awesome. I you know, how much if we if they talk for 20 minutes, TO, how much basketball are they actually going to talk? I saw coach Not much. Yeah, I about 30 coach seconds. Young, I saw Coach Young at Peach Jam. And uh I'm not gonna name, you know, very briefly, and one of the coaches next to him, I'm not gonna name the coach, turns to Mike Young and goes, Oh yeah, that kid, he's He's fucking crazy. And uh, and Mike Young looks at the other coach, and I've never met Mike, and Mike goes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that was the interaction. That's all, I'm like, Mike Young, I barely know you, but I I, I feel like I do. So yeah. he, he comes off as such a great personality. He is. 
That but is... I'd like them to bounce back. I really think I think Virginia Tech is going to have a bounce back season. The team that I'm curious about just because of of what they lost, guys, is NC State. Yeah, but they still have Casey Morsell, who, from what I'm hearing, has been awesome this entire summer. Kind of waiting to take that next step. And they've got so many new pieces. They got the kid, Jaden, was it Jaden Butler from, no, Jaden from Butler. Jaden Taylor. Jaden Taylor from Butler, excuse me. Yeah. Jaden Butler from Taylor? Yeah, Jaden Butler from Taylor. (laughs) And DJ Horn, who's a veteran guard. And your favorite player in America is back, DJ Burns. Oh, walking, yeah. Walking refrigerator with ballerina feet. That's my guy. I like it. So so here's here's uh, here's the thing. So I, I, I want to go through something right now because we've been on we've been down on the ACC for a long time. So let's for two for two years. Let's be honest. Let's be we can be honest here. We're all friends. We're all hey, friends. We're, we're not being down on them in this preview show. Exactly. So I'm going I'm going here. Duke can make the tournament. Yes. Yeah. Miami, uh, yes. I don't know. I don't know if they have Miami. Enough. Hold on. Hold trust John Shire to make stay, stay with me, Rob. Stay with me. Your basketball for dummies thing is only yeah, in chapter, only got into chapter two on that thing. Yeah, but don't say can. They will make the tournament. They will make the tournament. Miami will. Clemson will. North Carolina will. Virginia will. Wake Forest, maybe. NC State, maybe. Pitt, maybe. No. I don't go, go, go look at that roster. Go look at that roster. And I did. They don't I have did. a shot. Maybe maybe he's generous. Possible. Virginia Pitt, Tech. Ma- I'm going maybe. Pitt, maybe. Virginia Tech, maybe. Yeah. Syracuse, maybe. Okay. You're you're too low on Syracuse. I, I'm I, I just don't know. It's Push it has up. I have a, I'm I feel not like I know TO. I'm not doubting the like talent. I know. coaching comes into effect. Like coaching is a thing. So like you like you have to keep that in mind too. I mean, look at all the talent certain teams had last year and didn't. So do you hear To just said Red Autry can't coach? I didn't say that. He's never. (laughs) I I don't know if he can coach. Do you know if he can coach? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. No offense, but this isn't Jay Wright to to Kyle Neptune. I mean, let's face it here. Bayheim the last couple of years has not been great. Boston College. (laughs) What do you think? Move right on. We're moving on. I don't. This isn't. We did Big East last week. I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to rain on Kyle Neptune. He has no, a good no, but I'm saying to you that it's not like like he's following a legend, but that legend probably should have hung it up a couple of years ago. I'm I'm not in disagreement there, but he. But anyway, so Boston College, Quentin Post, Jaden Zachary, both very good. They have pieces around them. Possible, not probable, but I think possible. Uh, the whole. What, what about Florida State? What about Florida State? If they put it together, Florida State is uh, probably has what top six talent in the conference on their roster. Probably. So what's your point? So my point is, we've all we've always wondered like why is the AC looked bad? It's because they've been shitty in the non-conference. I, I think they have a chance to be good in the non-conference this year, and that's going to change. You said six, maybe seven. I think you could probably get eight teams this year if the maybe teams. If the maybe teams, those maybe are good in the non-conference, are good in the non-conference, I agree, and don't lose to Louisville or Notre Dame. That's right. So or Georgia Tech's because we really don't know about Georgia Tech either. So so the bottom three: Georgia Tech, Louisville, Notre Dame. Those are the ones that you can't lose to. Outside of that, that's twelve teams with hard maybes, and I think Boston College is like at that 12, 11, 10 area. Can I ask a question? Sure. This is the elephant in the room. Okay. If Louisville, what does Louisville have to do for Kenny Payne to have a third year as their head coach? 
I'm not an insider. So like, what do you think, Rob? What do you think that? And to follow up there, or is there no bar and he's going to get a year three regardless? No, nah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that a year three regardless is not what's going to happen. If you have another four and 28 season, like, I just think that it's very difficult. If, if they're um, on, if they're on pace for four and 24, he'll be out in February. Yeah. Um, I think that they need to show like they need to show improvement. There needs to be a reason for you to be able to look at this team and say, okay, I see what you're doing. I see where this is heading. I see how it can grow. I see what the future is here. Like let's say Sky Clark ends up being a guy that averages like 13 points and four assists and Trey White comes in and you're like, okay, he's a good wing right there. And Branley Huntley Hatfield um, takes a step forward and starts looking like a guy that was a five-star recruit that committed to Tennessee back in the day, right? Dennis Evans blocks everything moving. Yeah, and and you see them guarding, and it's like, well, you know, they're not quite there yet. They're young. <laughs> Kenny's still got to get, like, another class in here, but you, we can see what's happening here. We can see what it's going. I don't know if, like, you need to necessarily say, like, he has to get to six wins in the ACC and finish at 500 or he's fired, right? I think you need to see the progression. You need to see the reason to be optimistic about where this program is headed under this coach for him to get a second year. And also, to be entirely frank, I think a lot of it depends on what the options are to replace him, right? Because if you're just getting rid of him to get rid of him and you don't have a guy that is the guy that you want to be able to bring in to replace him, then what is the point of doing it? You're just going to go through the same song and dance again. So I think if a if somebody pops up that becomes a very obvious uh, person to hire, <clears throat> uh, Dusty Mate. <clears throat> I'm sorry, it's a it's a little dusty in here. Um, I think that's something where you have to really consider it. Wow. Right? Like it's not to me. It's not just it's not just who. Like I'm not. I I don't have like any like I didn't talk to Dusty May and have him say like I want to go to the Louisville job. Right. I just think he's very 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 good at what he does, and that would if I'm Louisville, that's who I'm breaking the bank for. Um, if Bruce Pearl's not going to come take the job, so uh, I don't know. Right, we lost Phantom. Um, I, I thought know. I thought I had to open the door. All right, so that's that's what I that's does that make sense? That's where I'm at with it. Yep. But but my point was twelve teams. If they're good in the non-con, like, yeah, they're good. I mean, they got to they got to get it done in the non-conference. Uh, last thing before before we can kind of move on from here is is what. Duke's going to head into the season as a consensus top two team, right? Some yeah. people have them number one. Some people have them number two. Um, I don't think there's a wrong answer there. Uh, I think that they are very legitimately a national title favorite. I think there's a real chance they could have two first team All Americans on this roster. I think that they have a very nice combination of uh, experience and um, talented youngsters. Um, I, I I like what I see there. I'm worried about the defense. I'm worried about the rim protection. And I'm I'm a little bit worried about this being the first time that Shire has this level of expectation on him. So where where do you stand on like what is what is a good season for Duke? Tio, what is a what is a good season for this Duke team and this Duke roster? Second weekend. Uh, but but I what I mean by that is like nobody's gonna be overly pissed. If they make it to the second week, I think a good season, they could win the national championship. Like, I, I'm not sure about the question. What is the question saying? Like, what, where are people not going to be disappointed? Well, if they're, if they're out the first weekend, that's disappointing. Yeah. First weekend exits disappointing. 
<laughs> after that, Vanta, like it's such a Vanta, like, Do I suck at asking questions? Because this is the second straight podcast where Tio tried to answer a question. And he's like, he answered and goes, I don't think I understand the question. Do you remember what happened when I asked him the over-under on how long it's gonna take for St. John's to be a contender under Patino? Because he was like the count. <laughs> one two three straight. four five numbers going What's everywhere the number of the day no here's the thing yeah the, the, to, to me i'm with you terrence if you make this here's the thing. if you make the second weekend of the ncaa tournament and you lose the fans who are that pissed off all right either had a future on you to make the final four or are just plain irrational about the ncaa tournament no coach has made the Sweet 16 and gotten fired unless they did something off the court, right? What what coach has made the Sweet 16 and gotten his ass canned? Nobody gets their nobody gets fired for that. If you get fired, it's for things that are unrelated to your basketball team performance performance. So, and he's not getting fired. His seat's not high. He's. I think John Shire is the perfect fit at Duke. I think he's the right guy for this job, and I think he can absolutely win the national championship. Have we seen him in a Sweet 16 or in a Elite Eight game as a head coach and been able to say, yeah, he could do it, yeah, he could take that on? We haven't. But, guys, I like his demeanor. I, I, I like the way that he conducted himself in his first year. He didn't seem like he was overwhelmed. I think there were adjustment periods. But what he I love bench Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead at the start of the season, the number hey, one and number two recruits in the country. He put them on the bench at the start of the year. How many coaches do that? No, not many. I think he's perfect for this job. I, Duke is my front runner to win the national championship. John Derek. is your next 40 year head coach at yeah. one school. He is. He is the next. He's the next. Yeah. What Jim Beheim was at Syracuse. What, you know, what coach K was at Duke. John Shire can be that now at Duke for the next four decades. Yeah. To me, what's different about them is, is that there's upside to the returning experience. Yeah, there's always upside with the freshman class, but Tyrese Proctor's poised to have an even bigger year. He could have a, a massive, massive season. I love his game. He's an NBA player. Kyle Filipowski would have been a top 20 NBA draft pick, and he's still playing at Duke. Mm-hmm. That's, a pro- that's a problem for the rest of the ACC. It's a problem for the rest of America. And if Mark Mitchell's your third best of those three players, then you got something really good going. Jeremy Roach's health is important, and Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor's ability to play off one another is important. Shot making, intrigued to see how that translates for this team. I agree with you on the rim protection. I understand where you're coming from. But to me, there's so much versatility for this team. And if Filipowski averaged 15 and 9 as the center point of an opposing team scouting report as a freshman in college basketball. He's back at Duke. Sure. He's going to make money. You know what he's back at Duke to do win a damn natty. Mm -hmm. And I think this team can absolutely do it. They're number one or number two preseason ranking. I think Kansas will be one. It's not because we fall in love with Duke and, and they're a brand name. It's not just that they're damn good. They got as good of a sophomore class as any in America and they got the second best freshman class in America. Yeah, they're going to tell be me awesome. why. Tell me why that team shouldn't be one of the three biggest national championship teams. Now it's just a matter of can Shire do it that deep, but why that deep into the tournament? But why couldn't he? Tell me why he couldn't. The yeah. only thing is rim protection. But I, I think uh, they got McCain. They got uh, Caleb Fall. They got a lot of different freshman pieces. The one that I, people don't talk about that much is Sean Stewart, and I think he's going to. He's did gonna you see play. what he did? Did you see what he did last week? 
he broke Zion's vertical. Uh, vertical. He broke, he broke the, the record, standing vert. The standing vert at Duke to beat Zion Williamson. That. Hey. I'd rather have fun. rim protection. I'd rather have rim protection be a question. Yeah. Than guard play. Because 100%. guess what? There's a, there's a lot of teams that make the NCAA tournament. We talk all week heading into the tournament about how good their rim protection is. And guess what they say on Thursday or Friday? Sayonara. Goodbye. Yep. Goodbye. And there's multiple ways to be a rim protector too. If you could teach Kyle Filipowski how to get in the way and fall down, right? Like, it's which it's shouldn't Duke. be it, which shouldn't be a huge issue for Duke. Yeah, I was gonna say it's Duke. Just you fall down and get a charge call. Um, all right, real quick, I, for for five minutes before I let you guys get out of here, I want to ask you about Cooper Flag. Um, he took his visit to UConn this weekend. He's got a, a visit coming up to Duke. Uh, he's got a visit coming up to Kansas. We all saw him uh, have historically good games at Peach Jam over the summer. Um, I think the expectation is most people think he's going to go play for his uh, big brother, John Shire at Duke. Uh, I think that that is probably where this thing is, is trending towards. I think that UConn and Kansas have uh, as much of a puncher's chance as I do at getting on the roster at an ACC program at this point. Um, but how T.O., I want to start with you on this. How, how good is he? Because I go, I go <laughs> back and forth on the impact that that he can have offensively in the role that he played. Like I'm just, I, I, I struggle going between, okay, I don't see how this translates. We never really seen a dude that does this stuff before. And like, does that matter? Because guys that do stuff we've never seen before tend to be the best players um, because no one else can match it. You know what I'm saying? The like we're, the yeah, ladder. It's the ladder. The ladder. He covers so much ground so quickly. Like it's, it's unbelievable really. And he does it with a ball in his hands and he does it on the help side. Dude blocks everything. That's kind of the crazy part about it is like he, he just covers so much ground on both ends of the floor and he can space the floor because he's a quality shooter and he's a terrific passer. And he, it, it was crazy. He played with his main United team and there are some good players on that team, but let's not kid ourselves into thinking like it was the same as the Knight Riders where they'd have six high major plus players. Like he had a bunch of pretty good players, pretty good high school players on his team, and they were beating the snot out of teams just because he manipulates everything on the court. Uh, he's special. He's uh, Andre Kirilenko defensively and offensively. We'll just, I, I don't know where to put him. Like that's the crazy part about the whole thing. I do wish he would have played 17s. I do wish he would have played 17s because I think his ability to change pace was just so special compared to that 16. I feel like I would have been much more intrigued to see him play against some of those top dogs at the 17U level. Who he is defensively is fantastic. Uh, and and perhaps that's also why you play against the 17s. It, it, I wish you would have because we could have seen him at that level against those players. But, but it wouldn't The have. problem is they would have lost every game by 40. Like he wasn't going to leave the program that he was with. Like the reason why Maine United had a – uh, a deal with Nike is be, it, it's not like the Night Riders where there's like 14s, 15s, 16s, 17s, right? Like there's Cooper Flag's team, and yeah. like you said, To they have a bunch of like good 16U players, yeah. Um, on and, and guys that have been offered by A10 programs and like, right, right. yeah, like players. they're 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 his good players. Bad. Yeah, his brother Ace ain't bad. I mean, there's no question. His brother but, Ace. Well, yeah, like his, his brother is probably like a an A10 level player, and the rest of the guys on that roster are probably like. America East, like they're really good basketball players, but but when you're at the 17, like 
Yeah, you're you playing up in 17th power PK, five guys there. You're they're gonna get fucking rolled. And yeah. Um, so not, I get why no. he did it. He didn't want to like he did it for his his teammates, right? Like I get it. So we can judge off what we saw and what we've seen. And what we could say is, or what I think we could say, jump in if you disagree. Incredible defensively. The amount of ground he covers as a rim protector is insane. Insane. That 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 impresses me more than anything. And the ability to do it from the wing position too. From the wing position. Yeah. How about the want to, Terrence? His team's up by 30 and he just he just goes. Mm. Unlimited motor comes off as a relentless competitor. Relentless competitor. And on the offensive side, I know there's concerns about about the perimeter shot. I think that there's areas for that to just keep growing. He he showed he could make threes. He made some. And we saw him make them. You know, it, it doesn't need some work. Yeah. What what kid his age doesn't need some work on that? He could drive the ball relentlessly. He's got feel. He's got feel. When he takes the ball off the dribble in the lane, Cooper Fly doesn't just, I'm going to go pull in a China shop and just buy you. No, he understands the nature of the game. He understands how to make plays for his teammates. He understands how to make everybody around him better. And even though somebody's matched up against him on the other side, or two players were at his level that he was playing at, he made all five players on the other team afraid of what he was capable of. Mm-hmm. That guy, I want that guy on my team. Anybody that's criticizing, you're only criticizing because you're just choosing to be a hater. If I you just- want to, if you want to question him being unbelievable, that the hype train that he's got is a little bit more than what he'll end up being, I'm not going to sit here and deny that. But I think he is. An absolutely outstanding prospect. Yeah, I, I'm. I totally agree. The my point was more that I wonder, and defensively, like there's no issues. I just I see that translating very, very well at every level he goes up to. My concern is more like offensively, will the stuff that he wants to do, like pound the ball into the floor, try to isolate people, like he doesn't have a great handle. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a great shot. He kind of gets by because. He's so much better than everybody else. He draws like five defenders. And maybe that's what will happen as he moves up levels as well. Um, and maybe he'll just improve on the ball handling side of it. I just, I wonder how that translates. And it could also be a thing where like, where did you does, get, where did you get the, not a good ball handler thing? Just out of curiosity. Is it because he, he dribbles so high? Yeah. And he's not like what, what you're going to do against him defensively is you're going to put like someone that's like six, six and tough and physical and to let them climb underneath him. And he doesn't have the kind of handle to be able to, um, to go around people like that yet and now he could get there like i I'm disagree i'm not saying that he won't but um, i love I think, you i love you rob i disagree all right well i mean his, well, his i don't even know if that's if what i'm saying is true but it's something where it's not we, we haven't seen him <laughs> we haven't seen a guy like him so i guess my biggest thing is like is and i uh, I'm he just covers to... so much ground and like all the, all the yes. coach it, say that is a concern and I it, say it is and it's not one of mine, but it is for you. So we'll just talk about it. But like his ability to cover so much ground in two dribbles is is equally unique. Incredible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what, what I come down to is like, sure. Yeah. And and so what I, what I basically come down to is like, OK, so I have these questions about what the fit will be as he moves up levels. Can he still play the same way? Well, mm-hmm. we had a lot of those same questions about like, will that work for Zion? Right. And it's just we've never seen somebody like what Cooper Fly can do. So maybe it's just he is that awesome and it's going to continue to translate that way. Mm-hmm. And I think at he the just end floats. of the day, 
Yeah, like when the worst thing when your worst case scenario as a player, let's say that like everything offensively just doesn't work as he gets better. If your worst case scenario is Andre Kirilenko as a player defensively, like you're an unbelievable prospect. Yes, unbelievable prospect. When 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 everybody zigs, there's going to be a sector of people who want to zag. So before this kid plays a college game, there's going to be people saying he ain't going to live up to the hype. You know why? They want traffic. And they know what drives, right? The point is, I'm going to say this. This is beautiful for college basketball. Regardless mm-hmm. of where he goes. And and Duke is the front runner and, and could very well be the choice. Uh, we'll let the kid make his decision. The, the Donovan- yeah, really cool, really cool main photo with him and Donovan Klingon, though. Well, yeah, that's so the people that don't know the backstory there is Donovan Klingon's mom passed away. Um, it was It was cancer, right, Fanna? cancer yeah died from cancer um about three years ago now and he was really really close to his mom and it 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 it, he didn't handle it great as any high school kid that loses their mother would um and his mom was teammates with cooper flag's mom uh at the university of maine i think they're both in the in maine's women's basketball hall of fame and he got a picture with cooper flag on his recruiting visit to uconn wearing their mom's jerseys which is something that I don't know if it, it, I know it meant a lot to Donovan Klingon, and I'm sure it meant something pretty special to Cooper Flag. I was, it would have been, awesome been cooler if they actually played at Maine. <laughs> yeah, but, hey, look, you know what? Leave leave my boy DC there. All right, we got he's <laughs> he he stayed home. All right, Cooper Flag can stay home. Go to Maine. DC stayed home. <laughs> hey, we hey. need Kling Kong in Connecticut, baby. And I can't wait to see what he does this upcoming year. But I will tell you what, this is this is really we got great. You know, I know that people had their complaints at Peach Jam about the seventeens uh, and whatnot, but you know what? By the end of Peach Jam, we were sitting there saying, "Man, having Cooper Flag, having the Boozers, having AJ DeBansa. I mean, AJ DeBansa is All right. a- oh, give me, make your pick right now. Best player, best best player oh. versus best prospect for AJ DeBansa, Cameron Boozer, and Cooper Flag. I'm going to you first, Fanta. Oh man! You want me to go first? You know, no, I, 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 and I call I, seriously. I called 20, 22 Peach Jam games, so I saw all three a lot. I'm going to Bansa. I'm going to Bansa. I just love his all around skill set. I, I just love him. I love his game. I love his maturity. I think he, for a kid his age to talk the way he did, well, I was so impressed. But guys, just the total toolbox: explosiveness, athleticism, versatility. Can guard, can drive, rises above the rim at his age. Can shot make? I love AJ Debansa. Yeah, I would. I would go Debansa one, flag two, Boozer three. That's me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the reason being is Cooper Flag's an incredible athlete and rangy and moves. Shot creation, man. Long term potential and shot creation. AJ Debansa is special and special. Th- th- this is gonna. I, I haven't seen many players in my generation oh. and forward move like him at yeah. six eight at a buck ninety five. There's only been one that I've seen really move like a cat. There's only been one, and I'm not saying it. I'm say, not no, saying say it. it. I won't say it. I won't I say it because I'm. Ca- I'll catch all kinds of hell. But it, he no, moves no, no. and changes. He doesn't he just change direction, guys. He changes direction with power. Yes. And like a lot of times with like a kid Euro stepping or something, you think like if he Euro steps and he's able to change direction a little bit, like you're like, man, that kid's got a strong lower body. 
the Bansa changes direction with absolute force. And like, there's not many people that are capable of doing that. There's, and he, he can like do Michael all that Jordan stuff. Did. He moves and like Michael. He moves like Michael Jordan. He yes. moves like Michael Jordan. He can do all that stuff. And he's six foot eight. And oh, by the way, like he's also one of the best shot makers in his class. Like he can create space. He's got the step backs. He is a, he's not just a guy that can make shots. Like he is a really good shooter. He's, yeah. he's, he's special. I think if you have to give me one, I'm taking AJ Devansa. I think Cooper had Cooper flag has the highest upside. If it all comes together for him. I also think Cooper flag has the lowest floor. If the offensive stuff doesn't come around. Free. And I, yeah. And I think Cameron Boozer is like, the safest bet. I think you just kind of like, you know what Cameron Boozer is going to end up being We're, we've seen like the transition that a guy like Paolo has had going to the NBA and how, well Oh no, 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 no. He's not Paolo, but no, no, I'm not saying he's Paolo, but I'm saying okay. like, we've seen what he does in that role and, and how that works at the NBA level. I just think Cameron Boozer, you know, you like you can kind of best comparison is, Cam, you know, who Cam Boozer it's Carlos. That's his best comparison. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's been, hey, what, Carlos made what two, three, four hey. All Star games. Yeah, yes, but he he, also, his, he could also shoot. Like all I'm saying with Cam Boozer is like you could just kind of slot him into being a guy that averages 18 and nine in the NBA and shoots 34 percent from three, and you just kind of like know what he's going. Gross. That felt hey. gross when you said that. That felt Listen. gross. Too much. Too high. It felt yeah. It felt too high. Listen, uh, those yeah. three are, are. We could talk about them until the sun comes up. I will say this: we're about to. Okay. Caden is, <laughs> is better than people are saying. He is very good. Yep. Very good player. All right. So, so we picked Cooper flag versus uh, Cameron Boozer. What about uh, ace flag versus Caden Boozer? Oh God. Caden. <laughs> Caden's a good yeah. player. Give me Caden too. Caden's a good, Caden. good four year guard. Caden's now, a really, really good four year guard. Now yeah. play the game of see how long you can take the show without T.O. just walking off. Yeah, as I was I was thinking about doing that, but I don't want to get him mad because he's already he already might leave us for the NBA. So we got to make sure we got to we got to stick it. We got to make sure to he stay, doesn't baby. declare. For the, we got to make sure he doesn't declare for the draft early or enter the transfer portal. So T.O. T.O. sixty eight till I die. Literally, <laughs> yeah, that's what a great conference sign is off. next week? Uh, uh, the Big East. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> America, right. we're doing an america east deep dive next week. i'm down All vermont right, baby vermont Poor John Fanta. we should do one mid-major episode uh, we can we can try we'll basically just be reading off the almanac that's all it's gonna be that's okay an hour-long let's promotion of the almanac uh, let's do the know. nec i wrote the nec so i know i don't need to do any extra homework all right listen for i before to absolutely loses his mind for john fanta uh, we'll see you next week, DTF Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.